I'm a handshake and tape. I'm a spud with a play. I'm a miracle that's greater day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up with golf. I'm doing the best I can. The drum tater. Welcome to the Trump Tater. I'm Jamie Renda, and I'm here with Dallin Johnson today, and we have a, a fun program ahead. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start out with our, our Trump Tater hot takes, and I'm going to start with the first one, and that is our, our incredible president has been nominated for a third Nobel Peace Prize. That's crazy. That's it's remarkable, honestly. <laughs> well, it, it is remarkable, but I think it's very well earned. Yeah. And, you know, what did, what did Obama do for his Peace Prize? Do you remember? I don't even remember. I, I mean, he got it before he, he was even in office for, like, I don't even know if he was in I, office. It was his two-year mark, wasn't it? I think it was before his two-year mark. Yeah. But anyway, there, it definitely wasn't for peace. But, but Trump's really has been for peace. So yeah. I'm going to read this. U.S. President Donald Trump received his, his third nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize on Monday with four Australian law professors citing Trump doctrine against endless foreign wars as reason for their support. So what's Trump doctrine? What are, the, what are, the, what are these uh, <laughs> lawyers like? Well, that he uses common sense yeah. and that uh, he puts the interest of America first over the, the losing of so many young American lives for a war that's not going to actually be won and, uh, and the trillions of dollars that's spent on it. I'll, I'll just kind of quote one of them. Um, Actually, I, if you can get, give me your line first. My. So I think this is the one that you were going to talk about, but I'll, I'll just kind of introduce it so that my, my, my line makes sense. Um, okay. This is Flint talking um, in, in this interview um, about President Trump. And um, this is law professor David Flint, not, not um, <laughs> Michael Flynn, right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, when you first said that earlier, but I, I just have to uh, let Dallin know and the audience know, <laughs> I couldn't talk just now because I was getting a phone call and I couldn't see my screen. Yeah. And uh, so I'm going to interject something just here. Go ahead. Yep. Only because it's kind of a, uh, it's been a hard morning. Uh, my mother's been in assisted living now for six months and she's on hospice. And she's probably not going to make it much longer. And she called me at 6.30 this morning. And uh, I said, you know, Jamie, I, I really feel like this could be the day. I don't think it's necessarily the day, but I was told last night she just has probably a week or two left. But the thought that I couldn't go see my mother and be there with her when she called. So I had to go, and maybe the Gardens is listening to this. And Gardens, by the way, is the sister living, wonderful place, taking great care of my mom. And it's not their fault, so I'm not blaming them. But I go jump over her balcony, sneak in her back door like a criminal to go in and visit her this morning. Anyway, that was the Gardens just calling me. So mm. anyway, I just I think, man, we just live in a place right now that's really crazy. Yeah. And uh, so I like the fact that Trump... Uh, is putting American priorities first. And so I'm going to go ahead and read that initial, yep, and then you can read yours. It says, He is guided by two things which seem to be absent from so many politicians. He has, firstly, common sense, and he's the only one guided by a national interest, and therefore, in our circumstance, an interest in Western alliance. So it's not just Trump that impacts America, but impacts our allies the way he's leading. He says, what he has done with the Trump doctrine is that he has decided that he would no longer have America involved in endless wars, wars which achieve nothing but the killing of thousand young Americans and the enormous debts imposed upon America. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so Flint, he keeps talking about, he gives examples of, um, you know, the, the work that Trump's done over in the Middle East, more specifically with um, Israel and, and um, inciting peace between the UAE and Israel. Um, he also discusses um, um, making peace between the Jewish nations and, and the Arab countries there. Um, but this is the quote that I really liked. He says, what Donald Trump did was go against all advice. But he did it with common sense. He negotiated directly with the Arab states concerned and Israel and brought them together. And the states are lining up. Arab in the Middle East 
Arab and the Middle East to join that network of peace, which will dominate the Middle East for years to come. So I, I like that, you know, especially foreign nations or foreign um, leaders can see the work that he's done is, is not. I feel like in America, we only look at domestic work. You know, we only look domestically of what's going on in our nation rather than what's going on in the world. What has Trump done to advance the United States in the world standing? Correct. Well, I think normally I, I may disagree with you some there. I think normally we do look at those things. I just don't think we're giving cre- credit to Trump for any of those things. If it had been another president, uh, we'd, we'd be having a completely different conversation. Maybe here. maybe the, the common sense ones do. But when it's this news isn't all blasted over CNN. It's not blasted no, over MSNBC. That's because it's Trump, though. It's not. Because, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. So what you do see on those channels is internal problems, not the advancement of of United States. What, what's the positive that's come from this this presidency? CNN doesn't report on the positive. You know, other ag- news agencies don't report on the positive. So yeah. that's why it, it seems as a nation, our focus is internal rather than. Hey, look what we're doing to advance us in, in you know, the rest of the world. But well, th- because they don't feel that Trump hasn't advanced us in the rest of the world. Mm. I think our allies. It's those blinders. Like, yeah, yeah. It's those media blinders, right? Yeah. So when they do discuss foreign policy, they're only discussing it in a negative way with Trump. And yeah. So they, they do give Trump some attention there, but it's never the positive attention yeah. that I feel like he's earned. So um, Flint also said, um, look, at he, he cited Korea as a huge example of what pre- President Trump was able to do with, with high tensions and high stress, go into a relationship that needed to be mended but hadn't been in years. Um, and, and he went against all advice when he did it. You know, he went against his own uh, cabinet's advice of going over there. He went against Obama's advice of, of going over there. And look what happened because of it. He was he was successful. This is one of my favorite foreign policy yeah. <laughs> strategies is first he calls him rocket man. <laughs> you know, when he's just shooting boom, 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 rocket yeah. after rocket. So the fact that I think he even de-escalated that whole deal by making a little bit light of it on how much Kim Jong-un was shooting those rockets off in the initial part of the Trump uh, administration. Yeah. And so I think it de-escalated that to a point where they finally sat down and talked. And uh, so I don't know. It, it, there's one time, you know, when he, Trump used the words, and I have a barbecue sauce for a Trump tater product. And it's good. It's fantastic. It's a little habanero sauce, and it's called fire and fury hmm. and uh, and so any anyway that's what he said to kim jong young is that you will be met with fire and fury yeah and he meant it and i know kim jong young knew he meant it and so it's one of those things that he had a little you know sense of humor but at the same time he really laid down the lines and then he then he crossed over and he went over there and sat down and talked to him as a human being as a person and I think Trump understood a lot of the, oh, I'm trying to think of the right word with Kim, that uh, the pressures and the, you know, because you know, everybody wants to, to put even, like, at one point, you know, they're criticizing Trump. But when Trump tries to have a little compassion of where Kim Jong-un is coming from and the expectation on him as a, a leader of this country and some of the things that he's done, Trump puts it in perspective and uh, he has a, a true conversation, a friendly one in which they embrace, they walk together, and he treats him with dignity. Yeah. And I, I think the important thing to remember in all of this is they may not like each other, but there's, a, there's an element of respect in that relationship. You know, there's an element in respect now in our countries, between the two of our countries, that I don't think was there. It, it was very tense. It was very... Um, almost reaction felt, you know, once something happens, then we're going to do something out of reaction or out of impulse. Well, I think they like each other though. Do they? I'm trying maybe, to, maybe I'm, they're trying, similar. I'm trying to remember <laughs> Not, the comment that he made about Biden. Do you remember the comment Kim Jong-un made about Biden? No. Oh, help us out, Brian. Do you know? We're going to talk about that because we'll have to find that. Yeah, it, it, we may Google that and get back to on that, but let, let's hit one more, uh, Hot take on a and just talk about the um, debate tonight. And, yeah, and what has Trump yeah. just tweeted out? 
Well, Trump just announced that there's going to be a new rule. Um, he in the wants debate. a new rule, or there will be. He wants it. He that the camp is seeking it, and that is to have a third-party inspector look for electronic devices in the candidate's ears. And he announced that along with yesterday, I think, or the day before, announcing that he wanted Biden to be drug tested and that he would be drug tested as well. You know, just to keep things fair. Important? Not important? Oh, I think it's totally important. Yeah. Because uh, Biden, first it was uh, put out there that he was reading off a teleprompter yeah. in interviews that he was having. And uh, and they kind of denied it, but then he slipped up the other day. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say, Dallin? He said, I, I, I missed that line. Yeah. So anyway, we know that uh, Biden's not, and they keep him out of interviews as much as possible. So yeah. uh, he's going to need help tonight. We've got to just make sure that it, it's it's his memory that's helping him and not electronics and not drugs. Yeah, we'll be back with the Trump Tater where we discuss some local news and uh, maybe more of this debate. Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. I've had a lot of really great days back to back, which has been a huge blessing. Even my doctor told me, because uh, they asked me to bring everything in that I take on a daily basis. He was very encouraged by seeing what I was taking. And he, he said he didn't care how many I had. You know, he said it's food. And the form that it's in was something that he was very, because uh, he's an avid learner and he's always researching and uh, he's, he's always excited to see new things. And he told me this would be good. This will help you immensely with the nutrition that you need. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty HealthShare today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now. And you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's LibertyHealthShare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use is directed. If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code HALFOFF. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code HALFOFF. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. Dallin, I found my quote. Are, yeah. you, are you ready for it? I am. I'm excited. So Kim Jong Young said, Rabid dogs like Biden can hurt a lot, of a, a lot of people if they are allowed to run about. They should be beaten down to death with a stick. Wow. So that's a pretty harsh statement. So I, I kind of think that Kim Jong-un likes Trump better than Biden. I'd expect nothing less from Kim Jong-un, honestly. <laughs> so Trump actually came to Biden's defense. Really? Yeah. And he said, uh, 
he said that that was a pretty harsh statement. He says, Joe Biden may be sleepy and very slow, but he's not a rabid dog. He's actually somewhat better than that. So, I mean, that that's pretty cavalier of, uh, of, of, of Trump to come to his support uh, and support Biden against Kim Jong-un. Like yeah. That. Yeah, that's pretty wild. But anyway, I just, uh, that's quite the statement. <laughs> and, and But I think Kim Jong-un has a, and you know, I'm, I'm not defending this guy because he's definitely not been very kind to his people and there's a lot of problems there. But I think he does have an intuitive sense of American politics. And uh, he does see Joe Biden as a very corrupt individual. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I won't argue with you on that. So um, let's go... Uh, just to touch back on that, you know, your story with your mom this morning, that's that's hard, you know, and, and unfortunately so many people are in, you know, that exact same situation. I saw a, a video, I think it was actually just yesterday, of um, a grandpa saying goodbye to his family on Skype. Did you see that? I did not. I need to find it to you and send it over to you. Um, maybe not right now, yeah. actually. But uh, it, it, it's heartbreaking, you know. And the family, the article was was more of the family's point of view of how hard this has been, you know, to not be physically present with their grandpa or their dad in some cases as he's saying goodbye to the family because of illness. And at that point, the family's, the family's uh, kind of like, you know, the hell with it. We're going to go say goodbye. He's dying anyways, you know. So... I bring this up because of an article that came out. Um, an actor, Jason Isaacs, he was uh, in the movie Harry Potter. He comes out and says, people who don't wear masks should be in prison or hanging in the streets. It's it's pretty graphic, but um, why, what does this do? What, what does this do to our nation right now? Is, is we're kind of already divided on the mask thing. Well, I think we are living in such a fear factor that uh, people are just being irrational. Um there's businesses closing daily that won't ever re- reopen. And so, again, I think President's comments about the, the cure being worse than the disease is definitely playing out. Yeah. You have families who the last six months of their lives weren't able to spend with their parents or their dying children. Uh, we have a friend who has a child that was up at Primary Children's Hospital and now is in a hospital in Davis um, County. But they haven't been able to see their, their son almost the entire time, a little two-year-old boy, and uh, they can't go in just recently, six months after. They're now just being able to go in and, and, and spend time with their son. That's so, hard. Yeah. That's crazy. And uh, people not being able to live their lives. And uh, so these people on this extreme, and I'm not even going to say left because there's people on the right. It's both sides, yeah. yeah. it's both sides. But, you know, are so concerned about death that we're not loving life anymore in a lot of ways. Yeah. So let me read the quote. Um, Jason, and he played Lucius Malfoy in, in, in uh, I was going to say Star Wars, in Harry Potter. That's, uh, he's an evil guy in, in Harry Potter as well. But mm-hmm. I, I, that, uh, I, okay, here, let me read it first and then I'll continue. He says, I am less annoyed by the people who don't wear masks, who should be in the stocks or prison, but the people who don't wear it over their nose. Or the people who pull it down to have a chat and then pull it back up. They should be hanging in the streets. Um, that's a pretty uh, pretty sinister thing to say and, and a little extreme for the mask-wearing uh, debate. But I feel like this the, the anti-masking, the rage that, that individuals feel over anti-maskers is becoming more palatable. Um, it's It's... It's getting kind of gross, isn't it? It's it's a political divide. It is a political divide, and I am one of those people that definitely pull it down below my nose on occasion because I literally suffocate in a mask, and I, I think it's more psychological than anything, but it definitively impacts me. So I go very few places where I have to wear a mask Yeah, because of that. I, I'm the same way, and I won't wear a mask just to let you know. <laughs> I, I will politely decline. I... Here's my reasoning, okay? Let me let me back that up. Before I'm just labeled as this intolerable, you know, insensitive person. But um, I take a lot of pride into the effort that I put into my body and health. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm diligent in my routine. I'm diligent in my my mornings. I'm diligent in my meals and my diets and my and my planning. Um, I take all my supplements. I take vitamins daily. Um, I feel like I take care of my body. And I'm not saying this in a bragging or inflammatory way, but I take care of my body 
more than the, the regular Joe Blow off the street, okay? My health and, and my fight for health doesn't begin with a mask. It begins when I eat the right nutrients. It begins when I take my vitamins. It begins when I'm outside in the sun for 15 minutes a day. That's important, you know, that vitamin yeah. D. It begins when I am at the gym every morning. So, Yeah, yeah but Dallin, people would say you're not wearing a mask for you. Right. You're wearing a mask for right. others. And, and I and agree with minute, that. Like with my mother or anyone else, I, I would wear a mask for them, sure. not necessarily for me. Sure. But if, if, if COVID or if masks are there because of COVID, mm-hmm. what about all the steps that I'm doing behind the scenes that take care of the body and also prevent COVID? Do those well, not play a factor into... Actually, it does. Because, I mean, if, if we're going to hold... Uh, well, this is actually a different topic, but it kind of bleeds into this topic. We were going over the other day, my sister and I, on how many people are killed by doctors every year for malpractice. Do you know the number uh, in how America? Many? How many? 250,000 people. Wow. So if we're going to defund the police, then maybe we should defund doctors. Defund I mean, medicine, that's that yeah. same mentality. Right. And so th- we've had more people killed annually from mal- medical malpractice than we've lost from coronavirus. And because truly most of the people we've lost from coronavirus had other mort- morbidity issues that they lost their lives from. But even looking at that, we've, lo- we've lost more a- a- every single year from medical malpractice. And we lose more from diabetes and uh, other issues that you're mentioning are preventative for most people based on their life decisions. Sure. And so are we going to mandate th- that uh, people now are going to be forced into lifestyle choices that protect their health? Um, I mean, but, no. I mean, but I mean, the mask is the same thing. We're, we're right, forcing people. Right. So with that same with that same mentality, we can say. We can force people to lose weight. We can force people to stop smoking. We can force people to do this and do that because we're protecting them. Yeah, and, and I, I get what you're saying. But the difference is nobody's mandating those things. No, they're not. So you know, I, I agree with where you're coming from because it's the same thought so process. me, I see it as, a, as an ass-backwards way of dealing with an issue. Is mm-hmm. Hey, everyone might have this, so everyone just wear a mask. Yeah. It, people in school are still catching it and when masks are, are required, you know. So obviously, if it was a foolproof plan, it, it's not working. You know, it, we need to find something else. And maybe coupling the mask with, hey, maybe if you take care, better care of your body, better, better care of your health, um, mental health, all these different things, you'll be more in a position to handle a virus such I don't want to call it a pandemic because you'll be able to handle a virus like we're seeing because yeah. so far we've we have proved if if your body's in healthy shape you don't have underlying con- conditions and I understand that sometimes you know you cannot avoid those underlying conditions but if you don't have those then you are in a pretty good situation or a pretty good spot and you have pretty good odds to beat this this virus. So I'm going to wrap this part up by saying I totally agree with Dallin on that, but I, I probably disagree in the sense that if you're going to go to a public place in which everybody needs to go and they ask you to wear a, ma- a mask, I, I just feel like I don't have to shop there if I don't want to, mm-hmm. but other people may have to shop there that do not have good health for reasons totally out of their control. So I never want to contribute to someone else's possible getting infected just because I might be a carrier of that. But I just, I think we've gone overboard on the mask. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, Dallin, I may disagree a little bit here, but that's okay because this is America. It'll that's be- free speech. <laughs> we're going to get Speaking of that. free speech, we're going to go on to Joe Rogan and free speech and kind of talk about some of our favorite episodes with Joe Rogan coming up on the Trump Dater. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Tonight's the first presidential debate of the election season. It's to be held in Cleveland, where officials have been addressing concerns about unrest in the streets during the event. Cleveland Police Chief Calvin Williams says the National Guard's being deployed in the city today. The role of the National Guard is to support law enforcement here during the debate. They're in a support role, uh, as they have been in a lot of places across the country. 
They're here to make sure that people exercise their constitutional rights and that they're safe in doing that. The 90-minute debate between President Trump and Democrat Joe Biden will be moderated by Chris Wallace of Fox News. The candidates will break a tradition and won't shake hands because of the pandemic. U.S. House Democrats introducing a new $2.2 trillion coronavirus relief plan, including another round of $1,200 stimulus payments and providing funding for schools and small businesses. This is USA Radio News. So there's this guy named Jordan, and he's a healthy guy. He's a dad of six, and he works as a guide in Alaska. But then he goes to the doctor, and he's diagnosed with cancer, stage four. And here's the thing. He had switched from medical insurance to MediShare, which is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. So the question for Jordan and his wife Jenny was, is this really going to work? Our medical bills exceeded $160,000. MediShare members shared all our bills. And it was about more than just the money, too. This is a real community. MediShare is is a family, a group of people that stick with you through the hardest times of your life. I just don't know how I could have done it without MediShare. It's so worth looking into. There's a reason this is growing so fast. If you want to find out more, here's a number for you. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. A Northern California wildfire, one of many in that region, but this one has already killed three people. It's now forcing more mandatory evacuations. The Zog fire started Sunday in Shasta County, four hours north of San Francisco, and it's burned more than 31,000 acres. It's not contained at all. Some experts say there appears to be a link between living at higher altitudes and suicides by veterans. A Utah congressman putting forward a bill in hopes of studying that connection. Democratic Congressman Ben McAdams talked about the bill yesterday. It directs the VA to research this connection. Then it goes one step further to use what we learn to develop life-saving tools that will prevent veteran suicide. The Tampa Bay Lightning beating the Dallas Stars 2-0 in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final in Edmonton last night. It's Tampa's second cup in franchise history. This is USA Radio News. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. Dallin had a joke in our last segment that we didn't get to, so it may be lacking timing and content right now, but we're going to go for it anyway. Dallin, that, tell us that, your joke. That's questionable because then it's lacking laughs, you know, if it doesn't hit. But, <laughs> but we were talking about Harry Potter and this yeah. nut actor that wants to, us to hang and, yeah. and uh, go to prison. So you know? do you know how Harry Potter crossed the road? No, how did Harry Potter cross Walking. J.K. Rowling. I'll let that one sink in. J.K. Rowling is the author. Oh, I know that. Okay, okay, okay. I I, I missed it one more time for our audience. How did Harry Potter cross the road? I don't know. Walking. J.K. Rowling. Oh, J.K. (laughs) Rowling. Ah, see, you had to break it down a few times. Okay, you you didn't pause. The inflection wasn't there. Yeah, that's what it was. Just joking. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Okay, I get it. Did you get it, Brian? Second time. That's good. Okay, well, we're going to go on with a little bit of Joe Rogan. Uh, that's yeah. my freedom of speech right there to say that. Whether you laughed or not, that's on you. <laughs> Just because I didn't catch on doesn't so mean, let's go it, doesn't, on with that freedom doesn't of mean yeah. it wasn't funny. Exactly. <laughs> what do we got, Jamie? Well, you know... What sparked this, I guess? Well, mainly because Spotify is wanting to limit Joe Rogan's freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though I don't see eye to eye with Joe Rogan, like he was a Bernie Sanders supporter. uh, But uh, anyway, I think Joe Rogan has been a big advocate of free speech. And he has used his platform to give people of every political persuasion and different diverse thought processes a platform to tell their story. Yeah. And um, not Spotify as a company yet, just employees. Certain employees are pushing the ability to have creative and content control over Joe Rogan. Um, and I saw, and this is a good thing to see, I think it's the CEO, his name's Daniel Eck of, of Spotify. He released a statement that says, just because we're not doing anything about these allegations doesn't mean that we're not listening. He said, we've just, we, we just looked at the evidence and have divided, or have decided 
otherwise on, on the fact that he needs creative content c- being controlled by Spotify. So I'm hoping that that's the silver lining is that even though employees are mad, the CEO has the ability to say, look, I'm hearing your complaints. I've listened to them. I just don't validate them. I, 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 you know, a differing opinion. I think that he's okay. So I, I truly hope that Joe Rogan has the ability to continue on. Um, he's been groundbreaking with, with podcasts and, and, um, his numbers are ridiculous and, you know, almost 9 million, 10 million subscribers, um, to his podcast and, and eight times that in, in listens, you know? So, um, more than eight times, he's got like 5 billion listens. Does he really? So, so that's the point is, is that I hope that, you know, as a company, Spotify is able to look and say, look, if we censor this guy, we're going to lose a lot of those, those listeners that follow him for that reason is that he's able to say, objectively what he believes in and then listen to another person objectively say what they believe in without it being uh, you know a, a dividing factor in, on the show well I think in Joe Rogan I'm going to give an example of one of the ones he was interviewing Dan Crenshaw mm-hmm. and they were talking about freedom of speech and uh, Joe Rogan brings up uh, she and I hope I say her name right uh, Megan Murphy I mm-hmm. think that's what he said and she is a feminist woman that's definitely not conservative, but she's been upset with transgender women, like in athletics and mm-hmm. other things. And so she, on her Twitter, said, a man never is a woman. And Twitter banned her for life. Really? For making that. Well, they first asked her to take it down. She took it down, and then she rephrased it, but the same concept. And they banned her for life. So freedom of speech there in Joe Rogan. She's a feminist. She's a feminist. And uh, again, you know, first it was the conservatives being uh, challenged in their freedom of speech and what was allowed to be said. And so this all goes into who's the arbitrator of hate speech? Who's the arbitrator of what can and can't be said? Yeah. And, uh, And I think it's a really dangerous area that we're on right now. Uh, in our social media platforms and even just anywhere that we can be shut down this cancer cancel culture mentality yeah and now it's impacting and in the left are starting to feel it too um I i feel like this this movement's led by the left though um here's here's the example that i see there's um how i don't know how many tweets or how many instagram posts or facebook posts they either say outright F Donald Trump or have the hashtag, hashtag FDT. But we know what it stands for. Why is that freedom of speech? I don't know. Well, and, and, and it's how, okay. How about this article saying that people who don't wear a mask uh, should, be should, hung. should be hung or put in prison? I mean, yeah. that's freedom of speech. That, it is. That yet it is in, uh, <laughs> encouraging violence against a group of people yeah. that you disagree with. So let's, let's get into what Joe Rogan said recently since the Spotify deal. Because this Spotify deal is only, what, since October or September yeah. 1st yeah. is when he went on Spotify. Yep. So it's less than a month now, and we're already seeing these threats and, and uh, complaints coming from employees, these woke I think that's important. The woke <laughs> Spotify employees yeah. that are able to read through um, the bigoted talk that Joe Rogan has and see the hate that it's co- you know causing and, and uh, pain that it's causing in, in people. So he made comments about not transgender people, but transgender children that is really upset a lot of... Um, and that's one of the episodes that they have not downloaded onto Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, because of his comments. Uh, the crazy thing, let's go into those comments, okay? okay? So Joe Rogan, I've listened to a lot of Joe Rogan. I I, I really enjoy um, me some Rogie. I think that <laughs> he is uh, kind of the cure for a lot of intellectual conversation in my mind. So he's made comments in the past about the issues that he has with transgender people. And never once has he said it's it's them as a person. Um or, or even their decision to ultimately make that transition. That's not what he has issues with. He has a lot of issues with transgenders later competing in athletics and causing an unfair advantage. In, he, in, in female athletics. Both. I mean, yeah. bo- either way, yeah. you know, um, y- you're right. Ma- males that make the transition to females, you know, and then live or, or go on to compete. Yeah, he has an issue with that. He yeah. also has an issue with um, children being fed hormones at age seven because the child says, you know, I, f- I feel like I'm a girl. You know, I, I just want to throw out when I was an eight-year-old or a seven-year-old, 
I was convinced I was a dinosaur. You know, I walked around the freaking living room like a velociraptor making raptor sounds, and I am so glad my mom didn't, you know, encourage me to continue on that path being a velociraptor. You know, because it, it, it wasn't... I was seven years old. I didn't know what I was doing, you know? Yeah, it's, ima- it's imagination. It's trying to connect with something that you're fascinated with. Yeah. So here's, I wrote down some, um, some ages that are important in, in our U.S. society. We have the legal age for consent. We have a legal age to drink alcohol, um, a legal age to buy cigarettes, a legal age to vote, a legal age to own a gun, to drive a car. Um, we have a legal age to get a tattoo or a piercing. All these things, some of those are body modifications, you know. However, we also, as a society, are supposed to think that it's okay for a seven-year-old who can't do any of these things I just listed to make the decision for the rest of his life he wants to make sexual reproduction changes by ingesting hormones or, or you know, injecting hormones into his body that's going to forever change him his frontal lobe hasn't even fully been formed and it won't be till he's age 25 but yet he knows what he wants right or she knows what she wants and and the parents sometimes it's the parents and encouraging and being good at that and other times it's outside sources that are forcing the parents to accept uh those decisions in behalf of their kids depending on where you live in the world uh, sometimes parents don't even have the the choice to make that for you know their own child. Yeah. Sometimes society's trying to uh, push that down on on the child at that young age. So yeah, yeah. that's true. I, anyway, Joe Rogan. Back to Joe. Yep. I think Joe gave a very balanced perspective of having respect for adults who make that decision in their life, and that we as a society should respect someone who has the challenge and has been faced with that body dysphoria or, or whatever, you know, you gender want, dysphoria. Gen, yeah. yeah. Gender dysphoria. And, uh, that we should have respect and kindness towards those people. And he just drew the line that he, he felt it was not a good thing for children, uh, to make those decisions and, and have that on them at a young age where they're not that you can't encourage or, or call them by whatever name that they want to be called by, but that they shouldn't make the physical trans transition. Right. And uh, and he was he was just slaughtered for that yeah. from the left. And now this is one of the episodes that they want to hold back on. Yeah. So I, I see, you know, wrapping this segment up real quick. I see a huge setback for the feminist movement, for the women's rights movement by the transgender movement. You know, they, they kind of coincide and affect each other. But, you know, a, a man that lives 30 years of his life as a man and then decides, you know, I'm going to make this um, switch and become a female. And then starts competing, you know, either in sports or has these um, um, ability to make decisions on the the feminist movement. You know, I'm a woman. That affects people, you know, and it affects the movement. When we get back, we're going to continue with Joe Rogan, but we're going to take in a little bit different direction. Uh, We'll be back with the Trump Tater Podcast. Sebastian Gorka here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is, I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400 programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual PragerTopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join PragerTopia Unlimited today. Go to PragerTopia.com. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a healthcare program. Sign up for Liberty HealthShare today. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, they are not insurance. 
so you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now. And you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. I'm Jamie and with Dallin here today. And just a reminder of what a Trump Tater is for everyone out there. Uh, I own a baked potato restaurant in Ogden, Utah, Brixton's Baked Potato, and people are calling Trump a Trump Tater like a dictator. And Dallin, I couldn't let that stand, so I created the most adorable little character. So get on our website, TrumpTater.com, and that's T A T E R. Dot com to see our character. What's the difference, Jamie, the, from a Trump tater and a dictator? Well, the dictator spelled O R, and a tater, like a potato, when you call it a tater, is E R, and that's what Trump is. He's a, and also if you look like an administrator and things like that, are actually E R. I don't know why dictators O R, hmm. but Trump is a Trump tater, and a tater means a home run, and Trump means to outclass, outshine, outperform. And defeat someone or something, a dependable and ex- exemplary person. And a tater is a home run, so we definitely hit a home run with Trump. And uh, so anyway, just re- want to remind people that that's what a Trump tater is and that we always encourage people to be a tater and not a hater. And uh, Joe Rogan, we're going to get back to Joe Rogan right now. I'm just amazed. Who would have thought a few years ago that someone could have a listen-to podcast? And you can watch it, too, but most people listen to it. And uh, they can go three, sometimes four hours long. <laughs> I, I didn't think our attention spans were that that great that we could actually engage people for that long in a conversation. Yeah, it's remarkable. But I, I think the sometimes the whiskey, sometimes the weed, those help. <laughs> <laughs> those yeah. help. They get on tangents, right? Yeah, they do. What is Joe going to do in Texas? Without his marijuana? I know. All his, all his people that come on, he tries to entice them with a little marijuana. And uh, anyway, that's going to be a little bit off hands in Texas. But, but again, I want to go back to this actual even concept <clears throat> of this podcast format that uh, that. He kind of created, I shouldn't say created, but he definitely made it popular, uh, and especially the length of podcasts that he has. And he interviews people of all backgrounds and just pulls out what made them who they are. And uh, usually people of very high energy that have accomplished a lot in their life or overcame great odds against them. Yeah. And he's done it in a way that it can be two conflicting sciences or two conflicting opinions talking to each other and they can still have a civil conversation, you know, a discussion. Um, it's, it's easy. We do this podcast for an hour every day, you know, and it's really easy to lose track of time when you get on a subject that you're passionate about or that you're, you're knowledgeable about and, and just speak from the heart, you know? In fact, going back to the conversation that you had with your mom, I feel like that was a, we could talk for an hour about that conversation alone today. Uh, we could talk for an hour on, on what's right and wrong about the situation that, you know, you plus, I don't know, you know, a percentage of our population are in and not being able to enjoy that relationship with an elderly person because of COVID. So it, it's easy when 
you get on these subjects and you're able to discuss your opinion. Um, and especially when Joe does it, he's able to do it in a way that he, I swear he's really good at not interjecting. He is so good at letting people finish their thoughts and finish their, their words before, you know, adding or, 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 you know, disagreeing or agreeing or whatever it is. Um, it's something that's very valuable. You know, a lot of times in the art of conversation, we've discussed this. We, we lose the ability to listen, you know, or hear, you know, we may be listening, but we're not hearing or understanding what the other person has to say. Joe does a really good job at that. You know, I, that is true. He, he sits there and he lets people get their full thoughts out. And, uh, and he's, li- he's truly listening because you can tell with what he comes back with, the questions or comments or his personal feedback on that. And again, oftentimes he has people on that he philosophically does not agree with, but it's always very respectful conversation. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think that's one of the reasons that he has such a large fan base. Um, he did offer, however, and uh, to do a, a podcast with Joe Biden and President Trump. Yeah. And moderate a four-hour debate or four-hour podcast with them in, in which President Trump jumped on immediately. And I have not heard anything about Joe Biden. Well, and the funny thing is, is this podcast um, where this was talked about was with a guy named, I think it was with Tim Kennedy, actually who was um, a UFC fighter, and I think he was actually still in the military. Um, anyways, they're talking about it, and Tim Kennedy's the one that suggests, hey, you should be the one to do this. You know, you, you can moderate it. You're objective enough. You're, you know, not biased to either of them. Uh, you're a Bernie supporter. You know, it, it would be great. Um, so Tim Kennedy, after the, the episode's over, retweets that quote and says, who thinks yes? And that's when President Trump says... I'm in. And Biden hasn't answered yet, obviously. Um, but here's the funny thing about, about that. That episode came three days after he made his transgender comments. And the left and the media's move is tying President Trump's willingness to, to compete in that you know, monitored debate to the comments that Joe Rogan made. And that's why President Trump is on the podcast or is wanting to be on the podcast is because he believes and has the same hateful rhetoric towards trans people. Isn't that crazy yeah. that, well, that that's a stretch? That's what people are saying why he wants to be on the right, podcast. Right, but that's, that's how cancel culture goes. Yeah. You know, it just takes one little thing for someone to say, I don't like what that guy says. I don't think he should have a free voice, you know, or whatever. And, and then I love the voice change. That was, Yeah. <laughs> That, 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 that was my Mitt Romney voice. Okay, the Mitt Romney <laughs> voice. Or I thought it, maybe it was the basement boy voice. Uh, whatever it is, yeah. it's the male version of Karen. Okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, one, uh, Trump's support among uh, gay men has just really skyrocketed. Yeah. And transgender people actually also support Trump. Yeah. And don't The ones see, that pay attention. Yeah. And, and so it's just, again, that fringe element that want to throw everybody into... Uh, this hate group and always saying everything everybody does is about hate. But I want call out to whoever may be listening on the Trump Tater podcast today. Please contact Joe Rogan and tell them that you hope that he gets President Trump on with or without Biden, yeah. that uh, that interview should take place. That would be incredible to see Joe Rogan uh, interview Donald Trump and have a podcast with him. So let's put some pressure on there. And if you're a Biden supporter, then put pressure on Biden to join that podcast because um, that would be a um, an interview that so many, many, many. I, I bet you more Americans would watch and listen to that podcast than the debate. Yeah, yep, you're right. That's crazy. But, but it, 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 it talks. You know, it talks numbers, though. You know, the people tune into that. That's what people want to see. Um, so for for the allegations to come out that we need to censor what Joe Rogan's saying, obviously not. The listens say otherwise. You know, people didn't stop listening because of those comments. People didn't have hateful... Me- the only ones that were affected by it are the ones that seem to control the c- content, right? That is true. You know, I, I cause a little controversy on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> and so I always look at the number of people liking and hearting what it is that a I've post said. or something yeah, yeah. Ver- versus the people who are writing the nasty little comments on there. Yeah. And, uh, and it usually outweighs a four to one. I, so I just don't feel the average person is that type of hater. 
out there and that most people want a, a legitimate dialogue, a civil dialogue, and, and hear the argument regardless if they agree with it or not. And uh, it's just we have some haters out there on the extreme. Yeah. So we we dove into some episodes last night, each of us, um, on, on some that we really enjoyed, uh, some that kind of set the standard for Joe Rogan. And I... I chose an episode. I listened to the Candace Owens episode. I actually fell asleep to it, but I listened to the Candace Owens episode again. And why I bring this up is because this is one where he challenges a right-wing point of view on climate change. And um, he, I like Candace Owens, but he grills her and challenges her on, on her not having an opinion versus being educated in that opinion, yada, yada. Anyways, I, I highly recommend going to listen to it. But I chose it because it's it's conflicting with the other one. You know, one's left wing, um, one's right wing. But there was never a cancel or a call to cancel, you know, when it was right wing um, people getting challenged. Ben Shapiro's been on the show. He's been challenged over drugs, over gay marriage, over um, religion, over his Jewish beliefs, you know, over um, he's a big... Uh, uh, I don't know, what's the word? He's he has strong decision or strong opinions on the transgender people. So those weren't calls to to quit or to end Ben Shapiro or to end Joe Rogan off of those disagreements. So why this disagreement is? You know that's where I I struggle to find reasoning. And so when you say the disagreement, you're talking about the one with Adam uh, Conover. Conover, yep, about yeah. the the you know on raising child trans transgender or transgender children. Yeah. So. I, I think he just struck a chord of reasonability, and uh, it could persuade too large of an audience to maybe go with that. And, True. Uh, so they had to shut him down True. on it. Well, that, that's about all the time we have today, and we're going to continue with this tomorrow, right, Jamie? Yes, please watch the debate tonight. Yeah, and, uh, tune in. Hopefully Joe Biden will show up, and hopefully he won't have any type of earpiece in or drugs in his system, and we'll have a fair debate. <laughs> I'm still waiting for him to get COVID before air, air time tonight. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow with the Trump-tater.